The last three years, when the world was in a pandemic mode, the vulnerabilities in the cyber territory became more obvious than ever before. Often, the overconfidence of the boards and their management teams when it comes to the resistance and the resilience of their cybersecurity put the organizations at risk. If you would like to understand the root causes, this episode might be interesting for you. Great to have you here. Integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to the new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be a board member, executive or non-executive, an auditor, an external or internal investigator, in short, a corporate integrity leader or on your way there. What we all have in common, we strive for leadership and integrity in our profession. I'm your mentor and sparring partner when it comes to corporate integrity with impact, founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts with the different formats to establish and implement corporate integrity at leadership level. The vision behind that is nothing less than to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organizations. More than ever before, corporate integrity matters to all of us. And today, resilience will be on spot and especially why it is so important to focus on that now and in the future of our organizations. Having a deep understanding of the organization's resistance and resilience is one of the key responsibilities as a board and management team. If we are not having the big picture, who else then should have it? The two terms are not yet fully understood, or that's just what we see, nor are they implemented and still cause a lot of misunderstanding, different interpretations, and at the end, not enough measurements. An isolated point of view will not come up with the answers required to support your organization and resistance and resilience need to be implemented with a holistic understanding and first from a strategic perspective before we go into the doing mode. Strategic because also the decision is an entrepreneurial one. Resistance and resilience have a price. Either we pay for it if we do not have it or we pay to implement maintain and improve. As the first shock is already over and some of the businesses feel very secure in this post-pandemic situation, others still recognize the pressure. There is another group of organizations where the aftermaths are discussed and lessons learned are taken. During one of the last sessions we had with a client, we took up the term resilience and in the first few seconds the boardroom remained silent. Then the question was raised, what do I mean by that? And as always, when I try to explain something, examples are better understood if I take a situation everybody was in already in the past, no matter whether it is a business one, 
or just the one you had in your daily life. In short, I said, resilience shows how quick you get up when you fail. Of course, that's not the official definition of psychology, would reframe it in the following direction, saying, resilience, also adaptability, is the process by which individuals respond to problems and changes by adjusting their behavior. Sounds, of course, much better. This process includes triggers that require resilience, as the first one. Then, you need resources that promote resilience, and the last one, the consequences. These three components, which are also used as synonym for adaptability, is what we have to look at. On individual, but also on the organizational level. Just one step back. I'm absolutely aware that these two terms, and especially resilience, are not yet that common in the business environment. But for sure, in the one-to-one work with our customers and clients, supporting them, managing their challenges, we often talk about that. Only resilient leaders live their full capacity. We could also question whether someone not being resilient is, a perceive, is perceived as leader or can be perceived as leader, or is it just a manager? But that's just another question we could raise in a different episode. But I would like to raise the awareness that as a leader, we all have to be resilient, or it's better to be resilient or to work on our resilience. During the introduction, I mentioned that the board and management is responsible for the resilience, but that would not be enough. Everybody in an organization supports with its own resilience. If you have a team where all the individuals are not crisis resilient, you can imagine what happens during a crisis. Focusing back to the cybersecurity without the resources to promote and increase resilience, the organization is lost. The triggers will appear without an early warning, as well as the consequences for which companies might pay a lot. So what can be influenced are the resources, and here we have to start with. To fully understand the maturity level of your organization's resilience, the responsible should receive answers to the few questions. I just summarize in four. So I would like to start with the first one. So the first question would be, to what extent is cybersecurity included in the audit plan? Internal or external audit, or better, both. The second one is, how is the effectiveness of cyber controls as part of the internal control system measured and reported? The third one, how is cyber incident implemented into the crisis management scenarios, if it is implemented? Maybe it's not yet implemented. And how actual is the last performed corporate um, cyber risk assessment, if there is an assessment already? Maybe you already see with these four questions, I'm not sure whether all the organization could answer that they, they have done something. These four questions give us a good start to better understand the actual situation and to come up with a follow-up questions as well as a potential measurement plan, which is often required. The attentive listeners may have recognized that none of the questions was a so-called closed question. The intention is clear. I want to have more information. With a yes or no, I would still not have the same level of information as with an open gun. This was just a sad mark, but I often witnessed during interviews, but also when people try to gather information, 
that the closed questions are still more often used than the rich open ones. For all information seekers, strive for these open questions, and especially also when it comes to cybersecurity. Now, coming back to our four questions, and let's start with the audit of cybersecurity. There is a reason behind why I put this one first. Here we have our external and the internal auditors with their own perspective on board. Based on several studies in 2020, approximately one-third of the companies do not yet have the cybersecurity risk covered in their audit plan. We hope that the new studies show a different picture in 2022. As in my opinion, it is an absolute must to have the risk addressed in the internal and external audit plan. What I see in practice is not that there are not enough controls implemented in the internal control system, but a lack of effectiveness, measurement and reporting. Also when it comes to cyber, the quantification of cybersecurity breaches still is a challenge for most of the companies and less than 10% assess their own level of maturity as high enough. The other 90% either have nothing, need to improve it or are improving. So if you ask yourself now, where do you stand when it comes to measure and report cyber controls, what could you answer we all must expect that we are becoming a victim. That's for sure. How is such a cyber incident implemented in the organization's crisis management? Is there a proven, tested and implemented one? Or do we just think it will work somehow? Is it updated with the latest information? The practice shows a different picture than what we would all expect if something happens. How often are we just trusting that it works somehow? Interdisciplinary expertise is required to react to a cyber incident, and that team must be in place way before it happens. They need to train, they need exact, they need to know what needs to be done, and you need the scenarios. And here the explanation I often hear is that it is already covered by the normal crisis management. So can someone tell me what the normal crisis management is. There are different scenarios to be covered when a cyber incident happens, and these should be formulated before. Last but not least, I would like to know how old the last cybersecurity assessment is. Maybe it would be the first, so nothing was done in the past. It was just part of another risk assessment, but not a separate cybersecurity risk assessment, but not only that, who was involved? Only internal parties, or did we open it to be challenged by external perspectives too? And if not, why not? Or was it all done by externals, not having the internal knowledge? Often there is some reluctancy towards external feedback, but in my opinion, it is exactly what brings us forward and makes us better. And on the other hand, some, some organizations just think they can outsource everything which is also not what I think the best option to do so. Actionability starts with resilience, the individual resilience and the organizational one. These four questions are only a start and they are very short. And on the individual level, it is even more important to critically reflect on the personal resilience level. For this episode, I would like to give you a rather personal than organizational homework. You may reflect on your own crisis experience and how that strengthened your personal resilience. I'm sure 
After that, you will also consider that question when you select your new team members. And today, I have a special announcement, as this is the second last episode before our summer break. No, we are not leaving for a holiday. Not at all. We are adapting. We have to adapt. adapt, And we would like to adapt. Adapting to the needs of our stakeholders. This means that we will fully concentrate on the work we do in the reaction mode and the preparation mode. For the podcast, we prepare all the next interviews. And for the client work, we are in the reaction mode. And as said, this was the episode number 59 of the Human Factor Corporate Integrity Matters. Following the motto, Corporate Integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernemann and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know.